I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to Him, and He answered my prayer. I looked to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. A couple of years ago, I made a Spotify playlist um, of cover songs. Do you know what a cover song is? It's where one band will actually record a song that another band did. And on that list were songs uh, like Chris Tomlin did a cover of U2's song, Where the Streets Have No Name. Uh, DC Talk did a version of the Beatles classic, Help. Um, and so there were songs like that. And, and so growing up, there were songs that I would hear that were cover songs that I actually thought that the artist that covered it was the real artist, was the original artist. In fact, uh, one of those songs was Russ Taft's song, I, I Still Believe. Um, that was actually a cover song uh, from a band called The Call. Uh, I didn't realize the very first time that I heard the Christian rock album, Last Train by Holy Soldier, that uh, they had a song on there called Gimme Shelter. And um, and I did not realize that that was a Rolling Stones song for like years because I didn't grow up listening to the Stones. I mean, that, that wasn't something my mom and daddy were playing in the, in the car on the way to church. We were listening to the Imperials and the Hensons, you know, and I guess if they were feeling a little bit rebellious, sometimes we'd listen to Country and Western Station, but most of the time it was old Southern, Southern gospel type music. So I didn't know that was a Stones song. Another song that was kind of like that was uh, Greg X. Voles, who was the lead singer for Petra from uh, 1979 to 1985. In fact, if you want to argue with me, I think Greg X. Voles was the best lead singer of Petra. Uh, that, uh, that, you know, he's a whole lot better than the guy that they had after that. But uh, he's, uh, he, he launched a solo career in 1985. And, and uh, in 1988, he released his second album, Come Out Fighting. And the last song on the first side of that album is a, a song called Dream On. For years, I thought that that was a Greg X. Voles song. It was years later that I realized, and I heard it some like when I was walking through like a, a store or or walking uh, like in a mall or something, and I heard "Dream On." And I'm like, wait, that's not Greg X. Voles singing that. It was Aerosmith. <laughs> the song was actually written by Steven Tyler, the lead singer of Aerosmith, but Greg covered it. He took some creative liberties after I listened to both songs and kind of compared them. He changed a word or two here and there, maybe adjusted the order of the song just a little bit. But the message to keep dreaming was still alive. In fact, that's a song that really uh, nowadays, as I see, I, you know, when I was singing it when I was in my, uh, eight, in my teens and my 20s, uh, it didn't mean as much. But now when I sing the line, every, uh, every time I look in the mirror, all the lines on my face getting clear, the past is gone. It, it's more meaningful to me now at my age than it was back, back then. 
We use the word dream or vision, but the reality is it's looking forward to something or seeing something for what it could be or having a plan for your life, your organization, whatever you want to see how it will play out. Now, when you're at the pinnacle of your dream, people can see that the dream is fulfilled. It may be something that you've been talking about, you've been working towards, and, and people can like see that, that you've arrived, but they don't see the path that it took to get there a lot of times. Many dreams aren't fulfilled because the work gets too hard, and some decide that really the dream is not worth pursuing. Today, we're going to continue our series, Mixtape Volume 1. Beginning in Psalm 120, there are 15 psalms that are dubbed the Songs of the Ascent. And these psalms uh, ref, uh, kind of form a, a hymnal, if you will, or a mixtape or a playlist to be used by the people when they would go to Jerusalem for these annual feasts. They had Passover in the spring, Pentecost in the summer, and the tabernacles in the autumn. And the pilgrims would sing these songs. Now, they didn't have backing tracks and they didn't have a band there. They just would walk and they would sing these acapulco, I mean acapello, and, and they would sing these songs and they would, they would worship the Lord together as they were going up to Jerusalem. It focused their minds on what God had done for their nation. Look at Psalm 126. That's where we're going today. This psalm deals with a moment when Israel had seen a dream that was fulfilled. Verse 1, when the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. And the other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. Verse 4, restore our fortunes. Lord, as streams renew the desert, those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. This is a song of celebration of what happened, but it's also an example of how we can continue to dream on. Your, your translation may use the phrase, brought back the captives to Zion. This is a technical phrase that also means to restore the fortunes of Zion. Zion was a sacred hill in the city of Jerusalem. It's actually often, a lot of times, people refer to Jerusalem as Zion. And, and that's why some translations actually don't say Zion, like the New Living says, actually just says Jerusalem, for clarity. This restoration that they're singing about partially took place in 701 B.C., when Assyrian king Sennacherib, who threatened to take Jerusalem, was turned back in fulfillment of prophecy. The surrounding nations, then what they did was they sent presents to Judah's king Hezekiah. The restoration was actually fulfilled in even greater measure when the Jews returned to Jerusalem after the exile in Babylon around 538 B.C., we, if you want to read and study on that, you can look at the books of Ezra and Nehemiah and, and see how that happened. What I want you to see is several things out of this this morning. There's two parts of this. The first part is it's a celebration of a dream that's been fulfilled, but the second part is the journey and how we got there. The first part is this, is when dreams become reality, God should get the glory. Let me say that again. When dreams become reality, God 
should get the glory. Verse one through three, when the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. And the other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. Now, can you imagine being taken away, being ripped away from your home, taken to a foreign land, and, li- and living in exile there for 70 years? There were those that were born and died on foreign soil. They'd only heard the stories about Zion. They'd only heard the stories about Jerusalem. They never saw it with their own eyes. On top of that, they were oppressed. They didn't have the means, the people, the weaponry to overthrow their oppressors. And it would take a miracle to see them restored to Jerusalem. Yet they would dream about that moment. The prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29 verse 10 says, this is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. But then I will come and do for you all the good things that I have promised. And I will bring you home again. Okay, I want to just stop right there. That's a promise. That's a dream that they could have gone back and quoted Jeremiah years later. That Jeremiah said in his prophetic word to us that we will go home again. That we will be home one more time. And he said in verse 11, and this is where we, we, we as Christians, a lot of times we hold on to this promise that God has plans for our life. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you future and a hope. In those days when you pray, he said, I, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and you will bring and will bring you home again to your own land. I'm going to bring you home again. Can you imagine how many times, listen, I know many of us hold on to Jeremiah 29, 11 as a promise of God, that God has plans for us, that he's plans for hope and a future. But when we put our, our, ourselves in that 70-year exile, can you imagine how many times they quoted that? Can you imagine how many times they cross-stitched that or they put that or they wrote that down? There was something powerful about that to say, there is a dream that we're going to go home again. There's a dream that we're going back to Jerusalem, that we're going to be able to worship again. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if my house is still going to be there, but we're going to be able to go back because the promise that God, that Jeremiah has told us, we can cling to that he will bring us home again to our own land. The dream that God has a great plan for them. The dream that he would give them a hope and a future. The dream that God would end their captivity and restore their fortunes. They held on to that promise then. The unthinkable, the unfathomable, the impossible, the miraculous. It happened and they returned to Jerusalem. Nehemiah, he leads the people into rebuilding the wall. Ezra and Nehemiah both lead separate groups of people from Babylon into, back into Jerusalem. It had to be exciting. In fact, as today's psalm says, it was like a dream. We see two different groups of people reacting to the dream. First, we see the nations. Seeing thousands, can you imagine this? Thousands of people traveling together had to draw some attention and cause some questions. It's not like today where there's cars that's going up and down the highway. They would have been on a, on, on a back of animals or they would have been walking. 
And to see thousands of people going through a land, there had to be some questions. And when word spread that Israel was out of Babylonian captivity and back in Jerusalem, the response from the nations was what amazing things the Lord has done for them. The second reaction we see is we see the people's reactions. Look how it's described. It says, we were filled with laughter. We sang for joy. It was a happy time. I mean, they were singing. They were excited. It it wasn't a funeral march. It was a celebration. In verse 3, we see that the Israelites agreed with what the nations have said. The nation says, listen, look what the Lord has done. Look at, look at the amazing things that the Lord has done for them. And the nations and, and the people said, yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy, what excitement. See, God gets the glory when the dream comes true. Are you awake this morning? Say amen. Early on in our tenure here as pastor, I, I would... Uh, for those of you that weren't here during that season, you've come in the last nine years. Let me explain what this place looked like. We had paneling on the wall. I call it, I grew up in a mobile home, so I call it mobile home paneling. That same paneling that, that, that was in, a, in our mobile home was on the wall. Then we had uh, over here where, like, where the air conditioning vents is, there were actually what I call the gutter lights, the old fluorescents that would shine up on on the ceiling, and then we had some uh, chandeliers in here, but they they actually hung down uh, about, you know, I mean, I could reach up and, and touch them. They were that low. Right in the middle, we had what I refer to as grass green carpet. It's plush. It was beautiful when it was put in in 1979 and 1980, right, Kathy? It was beautiful back then. We had nice pews that were nice in 1979 and 80, but over the years, they had begun to fall apart. They, they were drilled together in some places just holding them on. And it was time. It was time to have a refresh. And I looked, I looked at our bank account, and I, I see how much money we had, and, and I saw the work that needed to be done. The church had already bought some chairs, and they were in a, in a Sunday school room down the, down the hallway, a storage room down the hallway, but I would sit about here on, on the front of the stage and I would look out and I would pray and I would ask God to help us. And I would close my eyes and I would see, try to envision what, what the church could be, what it could look like with some new fresh paint, some new carpet. And I would see the sheet rocks on the wall painted. I would see chairs that had replaced the pews. I would pray and ask God to help us. And honestly, as a pastor, I, I thought, man, this is going to be a several-year process. Like, one of the things they tell you is to not make a lot of change when you come in. And making a change like that is a major change. And so I, I was not even going to attempt to do it until after I'd been here a couple of years. But I had it in my mind. And through a series of miracles and the, and, and the desire of the people that were here in those days, Three weeks before my first anniversary as pastor, we had our grand reopening. (laughs) And I remember sitting again on the stage and looking out at the room, and it was like a dream. But it was better than anything that I had dreamed. 
it looked better. In fact, we weren't going to replace the ceiling up here, and, and, and I, I give her credit, but Miss Betty McQueen, I think she prayed it down, but we had a, a section of ceiling over here that actually the old, I mean, it, it, it was an old concealed tea uh, drop ceiling, and it just had f fallen down, and they, they make parts for that, but they're super expensive, and so it was just better for us to go ahead and, and, and like completely uh, redo the ceiling, redo the lighting. We hadn't had that in our plan. We were just going to paint the walls and we're going to, you know, uh, put sheetrock on the walls and paint them. And we weren't really going to, we weren't going to do a whole lot to the ceiling, but everything got done. And I just remember sitting there and, and my only response was, thank you, Jesus. Because it had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with, with even the body of this church. It, I, I can tell you, it was miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Now, there were hard times. There was a time that I came in here after a work day on a Friday night, and we thought we thought we were going this direction, and all of a sudden it it changed. There was a moment when I walked into that side glass door over there, and I was met by my friend Sid Davis, and Sid said, "Hey, Rusty, I was just about to call you, but I I went into the sanctuary to see what was going on, and when I came out, the the I heard a crash behind me, and the entire uh, like twelve square foot of ceiling over here, about where Stephen Tischer was sitting." was down on the ground. I'm going to tell you, that, that, that was stressful. How God, how are we going to do this? How are we going to pay for it? But you know what? God truly helped us. And he did amazing things for us. So many times, listen, I can tell you story after story where God has moved. I can tell you story after story where God has moved. David wrote prophetically in Psalm 14, he says, who will come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel? When the Lord restores his people, Jacob will shout with joy and Israel will rejoice. See, when dreams are fulfilled, God's the one who gets the glory. But there's a journey to every dream. There's a journey. For followers of Jesus, there are moments where we cry out to God, to him for help. There are moments where we do the hard work to see the dream become a reality. The rest of our psalm shows the labor that it took to see the dream fulfilled. Write this in your notes this morning. Prayer and dependence on God are vital to seeing our dream fulfilled. Write that down this morning. Prayer and dependence on God are vital to seeing our dream fulfilled. Verse 4 is a prayer. He says, restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. What he's saying is, listen, we've got to pray. We've got to pray. God, would you help us? God, would you restore our fortunes? They needed a complete restoration of their fortunes. Our dreams may not be for restoration. They may be for formation. Forming something that is new in 20 14, what we needed was restoration. We needed our church facility was showing its age, and we needed God to help us to be able to restore the fortune. In 2023, what we're looking at is something new. We're, and we're, on the, we're in this waiting period, and for the last year or so, and, and we're still in it. We're in this waiting period where we're, we're, we're waiting on God, and we're waiting to see how all of this is going to pan out, and we've been talking about it. And through it all, I want you to know that our church has grown. We've had seven new family units that have started attending our church as since Easter Sunday. And they've connected to us. We're experiencing God in a fresh way. This morning, I could hear, even, even as I had my inner 
monitors in, I could hear the cries of worship in this place, and I was just grateful for what God is doing in our hearts and in our spirits. Instead of looking at an empty sanctuary and trying to envision what some new carpet would look like or to try to envision what some new chairs or or some new colors would look like, now we're looking at a piece of property and looking to see, God, what is this going to look like? How How are you going to form something new in this moment? But in order for us to see this dream fulfilled, I want you, I want you to hear your pastor's heart this morning, church. We can't just wish it's going to happen. You know what the old, listen, I, I grew up in northeast Texas and then moved to central Texas when I was 11, but I still have a little bit of that old, old northeast Texas wisdom. And you know what one of those things is, is you can wish in one hand and spit in the other and which is going to fill up faster. We can't just wish that we're going to have or just expect. There's got to be some work that we do. And I'm not talking about just physical labor. There's going to be moments of that. But I'm talking about sowing some some seeds of prayer and dependence on God and saying, God, would you restore our fortunes? Or God, would you create what you long to create? Lord, just like you bring something out of a desert. Lord, I know you got something beautiful in store. And so we're asking you to move on our behalf. We're asking asking you to do something, but we can't just let the pastor pray, and we can't just let the staff and the board pray. We can't just let the leaders and the volunteers pray. Church, this has got to be all of us corporately together coming and saying, God, we need you to move. We need you to move. Now, listen, we've been waiting for a year, and, I, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a naturally patient person. Like, I'm, I'm ready when the vision is there, I'm ready to get on with it. But listen, they waited in the desert for 40 years so that they could see the promised land. We're not going to be here for 40 years, I can guarantee you that. But I, one thing I want you to understand something is we've got to seek after God with everything. We've got to call out to him and say, God, we need your help. And we've got to pray uh, and depend on him with everything that we have. In January, we did uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I believe prayer changes things. And so as I've been thinking and processing it, just over the last several weeks and uh, just processing in months, really, I'm calling us today that beginning August the 6th through the 26th to another 21 days of prayer and fasting. Say, Pastor, we haven't done it like this before. Yes, we haven't. That's that's okay. But we're going to ask God to help us. We're going to ask God to help us. Church, we need, we need, you say, well, I'm not really good at praying and all that kind of stuff. We're going to help you. We're going to give you some points to pray, to call out to God. We're going to help you with that. We're going to have a devotion that we can put into your hand to help you with that. But all of this stuff is going to, to help us. So beginning, I want you, you say, why are you telling us today? You know, this is not August, it's still July. Because I want you to get all of that out of your system for the next two weeks. I want you to make the preparations that you need to be make. You know, there's different kinds of fast. Some of you, may, God may call you to a full fast. Some of you are on some kind of medicine that, that requires that you have something to eat. So maybe you need to do a Daniel fast. Some of you are like, man, I, the food's not my thing, but social media is. Well, then get off of it for 21 days. Some of you are in bondage to some things. You say, what, what are you talking about? Some of you are in bondage to caffeine. Some of you are in bondage to that TV remote. Some of you are in bondage to that phone. Whatever God's saying, lay it down. I want you to pray for the next two weeks. And I want you to ask God, God, what do you want me to fast? What do you want me to give up so that I can personally get closer to God and so that we can call out to you? 
The purpose of this is to believe God for the next steps in our church. John Wesley said this, have you any days of prayer and fasting? Storm the throne of grace and persevere therein and mercy will come down. We need God to move, amen? James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So we need the wisdom of God. Romans 12.12 says, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Church, as we keep on dreaming, we gotta keep on praying. We gotta keep on praying. We gotta keep on believing. We can't just say, well, God's, God's taken care of this before and so we just expect that he's going to do it. No, we have a process, and that process includes us calling out to God and praying. So we're going to give you some more information in the coming weeks, but I want you to mark your calendars now so that we can set aside this time to pray. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. The second thing I want you to see is that preparation and action are vital to seeing the dream fulfilled. Look at verse 5. I love this. He says, those who... Plant and tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. Before there's ever a harvest, there's planting. You can't harvest if something has not been planted. Now, sometimes we, we harvest something that others have planted. Sometimes there's a harvest. How many know if you, if you bought a house and there was some sort of fruit tree that somebody had to plant the seed or to plant the tree for, the, for, for you to experience the fruit of, of, that, of that harvest? So sometimes we harvest what we don't plant. But before there's ever a harvest, there is someone who plants. That's action. To plant the seed, we have to have the seed, Right? You can't plant something that you don't have, so you have to be prepared in order to act. That's preparation. So preparation and action are needed in order to see a dream fulfilled. Are you with me? Let me give you an update. Our building plan is almost done. I know we've been saying that for a while, but let me tell you, we've had, we've like been 95% finished and we kind of hit a wall and all of a sudden uh, we're back and forth with our trust company and, and, and uh, we, we had it. We had the plan over uh, to them. They sent it back to us and they sent us the, the cost of what the, the trusts were going to be and all of that. And our guys, as they looked at it, because they look at, they, they sent it to me and I look at it and go, yeah, it looks good to me. Uh, you know, what do y'all think? Bradley, what do you think? Our contractors and, and uh, the designers, what do you guys think? And they start looking at it and they say, no, I think that's off just a little bit. So they sent it back to them and they said, you guys need to redo it because we think it's just off a little bit. And so that's kind of what we've been waiting on. Well, we got word back this, this last, actually while I was gone on vacation, they sent it back to us and they said, here's the, here's the plan, it's back. And as we were looking at it, I'm, I'm reading through the email conversation and then the guys are going, are you sure that this is right? They said, yes, we, we're, we're sure it was $20,000 less than what the original price was. How many know I like that trust plan better? All right. So it's almost done. The slowdown has been there. So as of Friday, 
I, I sent the guy and I said, hey, yeah, I'm ready to show our church. I'm ready to, to move, move on here. Uh, what's our next step? We need to meet this next week. Let's, let's move on. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now pushing because you, you've been hearing us talk about this. We've been planning for a year. I want you to actually see it. And, and he said, listen, we were just talking about this and, and uh, we found a way that we think we can save some more money. Praise God. He said, now we can send it to you like it is, or we, can, we think we'll be able to cut down on waste if we do this thing. And I said, well, hey, I like that. I like being able to cut down on waste. And if it's going to save us a little bit of money in the process, go ahead. So listen, there are things that are happening behind the scenes that we don't often talk about each Sunday because I, I've got other things that I need to talk to you about. But today we're dreaming. Today we're talking about a dream. In the meantime, they've had conversations, we've had conversations, and I say we, our people, uh, our, 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 our contractors and stuff have had contract, and our designers have had contra- contact with our city. We want to make sure that everything is, is, that they're signed off on it so that when we actually start building, that there's not a holdup. That we don't have to go back and say, well, you, 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 uh, so now we can say, yes, you've already seen the plan. You've already signed off on it. You know, we can move forward and we can have a little bit of a leg to stand on, if you, if you will. I want to thank Bradley. He's been working so hard behind the scenes and getting us ready to move so that when we do have financing available, that we can move forward. Now, our building is listed. It's been listed for a year. In fact, a year this next week. July 29th is when we listed it last year. Now, there's, there's been a lot of traffic, and, and we don't talk about this often. We've had a few people that have looked at it over the last year, but um, we haven't had anybody uh, just, like, make an offer to us. We've had uh, one week, in one week alone, there's, there's views and then there's clicks on websites. People can see the listing but until they click it, they don't really see everything. They might just see the picture and a, a little bit of information, but if they click on it, then they get everything. In fact, they can actually do a full tour of the facility because they came in here with cameras and they mapped it out and you can actually just like kind of walk through our entire facility like that. In one week alone, we had 1,200 different people click on our listing. So talking with our, our board, talking with, with our, our people. The traffic is there. And, and they basically said that there's, there's three, you know, basically three reasons a, a building don't sell. There's, there's uh, um, the location. Well, we're in a pretty good location in town. We've seen, even in the last year, we've had Pioneer Cafe that's come in here and started revitalizing this. There's plans that, uh, you know, downtown, they're going to they're gonna hopefully start moving this way at, at some point. So our location is not bad. Then there's condition. Man, our building is incredible. In fact, our realtor says, I'm not sure that there's anything that I would do different to your facility. I, I wish I could tell you that if you just painted this wall or painted that, it might sell, but your condition is great. The only thing is our price, which we knew when we set it a year, a year ago that we were on the way high end of what the appraisers were saying. So uh, this last week, our board decided that we're going to drop the price a little bit so that we can see if that helps us to move forward a little bit. So, uh, you know, the thing about it, all of this is, is we prayed about it. And all of us in agreement, you know, we pray at the beginning of every board meeting that God would give us wisdom as we make decisions that day. 
And, and so we felt like all of us in our spirit and heart felt like that this was the right move in the right direction to go. So, so there, there's that. So that's not, not a bad thing. We currently, I'm, I'm telling you how we're preparing, okay? I know this may be boring for some of you, like, man, get back to the word. But this is the word for today. We currently owe right at $45,000 on the church parsonage. Um, our payment is right at $450 a month. In April, what we decided as a board is that we were going to begin to double that payment. So instead of writing a check each month for $450, we're now writing a check for $900 each month. And if we continue to do that over the next few years, within five years of when we started, we should have the church parsonage completely paid off. We also want to make sure that we have some money to be able to do things with. So our new plan is not going to just be the same amount of square footage that we have here. The sanctuary will increase in size. The parking lot will increase in size. Amen. We're going to have more than one, uh, you know, we're going to be able to have multiple people in the bathrooms at the same time. So there'll be more, there'll be more bathroom space. Uh, in fact, um, there'll be bathroom space uh, that, that will be just like a family bathroom. So if a dad has their, their young uh, daughter, they could go in uh, just to that one. And then there'll be a bathroom space in the fellowship hall that will serve as a kid's ministry so that they, they can go and they can use that. So we're going to have plenty of bathrooms space. Can somebody say amen to that? So it gives us more, so we're going to be about 3,000 square feet more. So how many know you can't sell something for, for 11,000 square feet that's, you know, 40 years old uh, at a minimum, and then our other part of the building is older than that, and then build something new for 14,000 square feet? It's going to take more money than what we're going to get out of a building. We're going to need God's help, and we're going to need God to move. So well, my hope and prayer is that we can be debt-free and build debt-free. We are preparing in case that we do need to take on a little bit of debt. So at the beginning of the year, we had $18,000 in our money market account. Let's back up nine years. Nine years ago, when I became the pastor of this church, we had $4,000 in that money market account. Over the last nine years, anytime somebody from outside the church that we don't know that doesn't tune in online each week or just, you know, just somebody that says, hey, I want to I bless your church, we've had that happen uh, a few times over the years. Uh, we've been able to put that money in there, and so that money is now at, at uh, 18000 that started at uh, 4000 nine years ago. Praise God. Amen. So we decided that in April that we would use that money as our de facto building fund. And we began to make a payment to ourselves in the, in the form of $600 a month. Now you understand, we've got $450 we're putting on the parsonage and now $600 that we're putting on the, uh, on the building. That's over $1,000. So we're trying to just see, okay, can we, could we afford a $1,000 payment a month by, do, by doing this? So an extra 450 over here on the parsonage, 6,000 over here. Could, could we afford a little bit, a little bit more? And, and so we're working through that. So 
in the last few months, we now have over $20,000 in, in, that, in that money market account. And in fact, instead of us getting just a little bit of interest, I mean, it, it's now, we're, we're now seeing us getting a lot more interest than we're like, man, it's not a whole lot, but it's more than what we were getting if it was just in our regular account. And so that's exciting to us. We're beginning to see the, some of the fruit of that. Now, in addition, some of people in this church, and I want to say thank you to this, have already, like, we have not asked for building fund offering I'm not asking for one today, but some people have said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead. I know this is coming, so I'm going to give $10 here. I'm going to give $20 here. I'm going to give, I mean, it's, it's not much. I think it's like 25 maybe, and, and occasionally we'll get that. And so we, we have been taking that money as well, and we've been putting that in the money market account. So it's going to help us continue to build that up so that we have a little bit of, of assets there that as we move forward that we can. So I'm excited about what we're doing. And I want you to understand we're preparing. We're taking action already to see the dream fulfilled. I want to read verse 5 and 6 again. Those who plant in tears will reap, will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. This was another answer to Jeremiah's prophecy. In Jeremiah 31, 7, it says, Now this is what the Lord says, Sing with joy for Israel. Shout for the greatest of nations. Shout out with praise and joy. Save your people, O Lord, the remnant of Israel. For I will bring them from the north and from the distant corners of the earth. I will not forget the blind and lame, the expectant mothers and women in labor. A great company will return. Tears of joy will stream down their faces, and I will lead them home with great care. They will walk beside quiet streams and on smooth paths where they will not stumble. For I am Israel's father and Ephraim is my oldest child. Joy comes after you sow the seed. Joy comes after you plant. Joy comes after you work. Listen, I'm gonna tell you, you're sitting in the fruits of blood, sweat, and tears of many people in the early days of this church who would come up here and would pull that paneling off the walls at night. There were people that would gather together. We would have a, I mean, I'm talking about 15 to 20 people that would come and that they would work and they would, they would give everything that they can have. Now listen, church, we have gotten into a society today where we'll just pay to do it. And listen, I want you to understand there comes a moment in time when we have to have a little skin in the game. We have to have a little work in the game where God is saying, listen, I've given you a dream, but you can't just expect it to happen. You've got to start sowing some seed. You've got to start laboring just a little bit because there's going to come a time when you can have the streams of tears running down your face. And when you have worked your tail off, when you have prayed with everything you have, or as one person said it like this, when you've prayed like it depends on God, but you've worked like it depends on you, there comes a moment where the joy of that labor and joy of seeing that dream fulfilled is exciting. There's something about that. Joy comes after preparation and action. Joy comes after prayer and dependence on God. God's got a plan for this church and we have to trust that he's gonna see it through. So this morning, church, I wanna challenge us to keep on dreaming. Keep dreaming until we're worshiping in a new facility at the corner of Wildcat Way and Weisenbaker Lane. God has a plan for this church. Let this psalm on our mixtape today remind us that there's going to be hard times. We will plant with tears, but we will reap with joy. 
God's got this, church. You say, Pastor, are you worried? No, I'm not worried. I love the song. I love the song. It says, many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand, and I know that God's going to guide us every step of the way. I'm not worried about finances. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm saying, I, I walked this sanctuary this morning. God, you're going to have to provide. And guess what? I trust that he will. It's his dream. It's his plan. It's his vision. And I'm just glad to be along for the ride. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning? Father, thank you for your word today. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. God, I thank you for this church, a praying church, a church that trusts you, a church that believes in you, a church that's dedicated to your kingdom. And I ask you, Lord, today that you would open up our hearts and our minds to receive from you, to give you our best, to give you our everything. Church, right now, I want us to pray together. This is the altar today. How many believe that our dad, our father in heaven, Abba, owns the cattle on a thousand hills? How many believe that God can make our path straight? So this morning, I want us to join our voices in a concert of prayer to the Almighty And I want us to ask him together to provide and to lead and guide, to give us wisdom and to help us on our path. Father, this morning, come on, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the dream. We thank you for the blessing of of, of this property. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing of this facility here at 434 Jefferson Street East. And I pray, God, that you would help us to steward these things well for your kingdom. And Lord, I ask right now that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing. God, I pray that, 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 Lord, if you have to sell a few of the cattle on a thousand hills, Lord, that you do it so that we 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 can have the resources that we need. I pray, God, for your will to be done on this facility that we're standing in. God, I pray, Lord, if it's your will, Lord, that the cell would go through, God, and I pray, Lord, if whatever you want us to do, God, that you would somehow provide, God, we're open. God, we're not holding this building or this facility tightly, but we're we're holding it loosely and saying, God, whatever you want us to do, we will do it. We want to walk in, a, in your, in your uh, step. We want to walk in your will, God, in your way, and I ask for that. Lord, I'm praying for complete, debt-free being able to build that facility debt free in Jesus name God we don't want to take a loan and God and that's not my desire and I don't think it's the desire of our church Lord that's a last resort but we're asking you right now to open the windows of heaven and pour out favor God I pray Lord for surprises surprise gifts from the outside surprises Lord Lord where somebody Lord maybe who years ago went and attended this church Lord would just just pour out blessing into this place God that Lord I, I just don't know what you're going to do. I don't want to tell you how to do your business and how to do your job. I'm just saying, let your kingdom come and your will be done at Hope Family Fellowship as it is in heaven. God, that you would provide our needs. Jehovah's Jireh, the God who provides. Your word said in Philippians 4 that you will supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God, and we have, we have been faithful. God, we have been faithful. 
And now we're asking you, God, to do what only you can do. Father, and I pray right now for patience in the waiting. God, for those that are like me that aren't very patient, God, I pray that you would give us patience and that you would not, not only give us patience, but you'd give us peace as we walk through the process. I pray for every contractor. I pray for every, every painter. I pray for every concrete worker. I pray, God, for every person that works as a, as a, a just a person that's going to be building on that place. I pray for every person that's helping us in some way and some somehow. God, I pray, Lord, that you would touch their hearts. I pray that many of them would come to know Jesus if they don't already. God, when they see, when they see this place, God, let it be a monument to the miraculous. Let it be a monument to the miraculous. When the story of it's told, Father, may we say, and not only us as a church, but may the nation say, look at what the Lord has done. Look at the amazing things that the Lord has done. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, amen, amen. I love this song that we sang this morning. I think you're playing great as I faithfulness, right? Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Can we just sing it one more time this morning as our benediction today? Come on, Tisha, lead us. them and keep them, that you would make your face shine down upon them and be gracious to them, and that you would give them a peace, the peace that transcends all understanding, to guard their heart and their mind in Christ Jesus. God's people said, amen. Come on, would you put your hands together today and give him praise? Amen. God bless you, church.